Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. I'm Samantha Blackman, um, and as I've said a million times before at this point, I'm an associate professor at Purdue, and I specialize in, well, one of my areas especially is digital humanities, um, specifically game studies. Um, and tonight, uh, we're joined by our two um, our two co-hosts and a special guest, but I will give them the opportunity to introduce themselves. Um, since we have a guest, how about we go with Emily first? Oh, no pressure or anything. But anyways, um, I'm Emily Legg, and I am an MA student at Purdue. Uh, research in digital writing, games, uh, Native American rhetorics, and all sorts of things. So, well, I think welcome, that's it. Emily. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, yeah. All right, I'll go next. My name is Alex Lane, and I am not wearing a shirt with the Looney Tunes embroidered on it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Alex. And I am Sarah White, and I am among the many who is pleased to learn that Emily Legg is not Samantha's invisible friend. Um, and Yay! is real. <laughs> As we've been promised her presence for two weeks, and, and now we have her in the cyber flesh. I don't know. Studio? Yeah, in the studio. There you go. Um, and so I am not sitting on my couch with a cat poking me in the butt. Nice. <laughs> All right, ladies, let's get started. We've got some um, exciting and interesting stuff to talk about tonight. So, um, but we'll start with a couple of our usual things. Um, I think one of the most fun ones is going to be what you've been playing. Um, and I won't go first this time. So, Alex, how about you? What you been playing? I ha I haven't been playing anything. Um, but I do want to give a quick shout out to Game Dames, Sarcastic Gamer Pink, and Ladies of Leet, all female gamer podcasts, for um, being involved in our research project. Uh, Sam and my research project. So, yeah, shout out. Can I do what I've been reading? Because I've been reading stuff. No, we're not. It's not time for that yet. Okay, then pass. <laughs> Okay, well, I will jump in because I'm so proud of myself. I, um, one of my students, in fact, loaned me Halo 3. Um, so I was playing Halo um, until I got motion sick. But I <laughs> was shooting things and, you know, enjoying that kind of violence. And then I also was playing Backyard Monsters on Facebook um, with the upgrades and shooting and attacking and all that kind of fun stuff and making my own little monsters. So um, I think that maybe all that I, in fact, played, but I was really happy with Backyard Monsters. I found it really fun. Sarah, when you played Halo, did you get the Hammer Shites, I think it's called, or something like that, and Hammer, the big Hammer kills everything? <laughs> I did not yet. I was okay. um, trying to climb. I'm, my students were trying to revoke my gamer the other day yeah. um yeah i was trying to climb a cliff for a long time until i realized i needed to run around to a different side so no what about you emily what you've been playing i can actually brag okay so i've never pre-ordered a game in my life um ever until march 22nd believe that's the right date um i got sims medieval so i'm kind of a huge sims fan and i have not stopped playing it so I feel bad. I've been playing Dragon Age, and that has definitely taken a backseat to controlling little people's lives um, medievally. It's been 
fantastic. They've totally changed how Sims work. Um, in fact, there's been a lot of the backlash towards it. I've been reading some reviews lately because I love it, but everybody else is like, oh, this isn't the Sims 3 with medieval clothes, and it's not. They've added um, leveling up on so many different ways. You play with heroes and quests. It's not about households. Um, they, they, they flat out starts with a great cutscene at the beginning. You are, you are the Watcher, so you literally are God, and you level up as God as your kingdom levels up and as your hero sims level up. And then it's just, it's so addicting, and I, I can't stop. Nice. So oh, it's I'm really now. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. dangerous it's I'm very dangerous, dangerous. like because you have you have quests and you have to as you're going on these quests you have to pick a hero sim and you only get a certain amount of quest points to spend so mm-hmm. right now i'm in the first ambition and i am down to my final three quest points for this ambition for my kingdom and so i had to pick because i could have picked from seven different quests so um you you got to spend wisely, and so I'm on the last one. So I'm just kind of sitting here waiting to see what happens when the next ambition opens up. I've heard rumors, so try not to ruin it. But yeah, it keeps you playing a lot. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I guess I have to answer this question at this point. <laughs> and admit you drank the Kool Aid. Uh huh. Yeah, I got to admit. <laughs> I told us about this Kool Aid. I drank the Kool Aid. Um, see, Emily, you're really young, so you're you are uh, you're too young to know the Kool Aid. It's a really, really tasteless kind of cultural studies reference to um, Jim Jones and the Guyana tragedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. thought it was just like the Kool-Aid they served oh. in school without the sugar. <laughs> I've explained that to my students. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> yeah, we just I got thought... juice that was supposed to have Kool-Aid in it. They called it Samantha... Kool-Aid. Oh, Oklahoma. That is so funny. That. I've had to explain that to my students too, Samantha. I think because we're the, the old soldiers here in this bunch. That we actually yeah, know what the Kool-Aid is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, don't lump me in there. I, I understood the reference. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, I drank the Kool-Aid. You know, launch day came, and I sat at home, and then I said, well, you know, it'll be fine. I'll wait, because I had missed the demo day, which was the day before at all of the stores, to try out the 3DS. I missed it, I and I said I was not going to buy this. This I was not going to buy this little handheld until I got to try it. 250 bucks is too much to pay for something you know, sight unseen and, you know, hand untried. <laughs> and then we went to Target and my partner was looking at it, looking at a new iPhone and um, the baby and I were walking around and, you know, I saw the box and, uh, and I said, well, you know, I'm not going to buy it. I talked to the guy about it and blah, blah, blah. And then my partner decided she wanted the, the iPhone and I had a 10% off coupon at home. So if she's going to get a new phone, a phone upgrade, then I was going to use my 10% off coupon. So I had to go home. Went home, got the coupon, dropped everybody off at home, went back. And the 10% off coupon I had was for all day, right? So while I was waiting for them to activate her new phone and get everything set up, I was like, well, let me just walk all over here to the electronic section again. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually ran into this really nice guy. His name's Alan at Target who... Was who was probably you know in his thirties ish, so not too far away from my very old age, but um, and we started talking about games, and then of course you know everybody is always I guess I don't look like your typical gamer go figure, 
Um, so he was like, oh, so which systems do you have? And I was like, how far back <laughs> you want to go, dude? And he's like, yeah. Which systems I, don't you have is the better question. And I was like, we can go all the way back. I got every system I ever owned. <clears throat> um, I was like, yeah, about 27 of them to be exact. 28 now. Um, I actually have to recount maybe 29 because I might have lost count somewhere along the way. But <clears throat> and he was like terribly impressed. And we talked about games and I'm like, OK. So have you played the 3DS? And he said, no. And I said, I can't, I can't play it without, I can't buy it without playing it. And I was like, you know, I'm really interested. But, and then we started looking at the colors and they had the, the, the beautiful blue and the beautiful black and they're metallic, not just mm -hmm. shiny, but metallic. So, and I said, I can't. And then he goes, well, they're not sealed. So technically you have 90 days to bring it back if you don't like it. What a salesman. <laughs> I was like, dude, are you kidding me? So, <laughs> of course, yeah, I bought the Kool-Aid. I drank the Kool-Aid and I got the the pretty shiny blue one. It's really pretty. It is really It pretty. is. I've seen it. I'm not in my hands today. <laughs> and uh, a copy of Street Fighter. Um, and I have to say, it, I was worried about whether or not it was going to make me sick <clears throat> because, you know, some some things with bad camera angles. We talked about, oh, stat, the, the Russian stacking doll game on Xbox Live that I can mm -hmm. only play in, excuse me, like 20 minute increments because it makes me motion sick. <clears throat> no motion sickness so far. Um, the 3D actually looks damn good um, for it to, you know, be no glasses 3D on a handheld. Um, and you know, I've had this thing for what, four days now. And I have yet to actually open the game that I bought with it because <laughs> I've been playing the stuff that came preloaded on it. There's like a 3d camera. You can make me's, um, the, uh, you know, you can play the alternate, the, uh, alternate reality games that come on the little cards. They give you little cards. And then, of course, you get little, like, holographic characters that stand up and do things. <laughs> and then, not only that, but you can actually, they're actually, some of the cards are actually games that you have to, like, aim and shoot at things. Um, from bullseyes to dragons. And as you play more of those games, you open up more games. Yeah. I, I've been playing so much so much of the ARG cards that I haven't even uh, opened Street Fighter yet. Um, I was going to try to get it open and play it a little bit today. Um, so I took I took the the the, the 3DS uh, to um, campus, and of course when I took it out of my bag to show it to Alex and maybe play a little bit, it had been on in my bag like all day, and uh, the battery was dead. It was like, it was so horrible. Like she hands it to me and it was like, oh, right. And I open it up and I turn it on and I just see this flicker of color and, and sound and 3D beautifulness. And then black screen, nothing. <laughs> I died a little inside. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to say it is pretty impressive. I have to also say, yeah, the, the, the line of launch games that came out with it suck suck um i had to like choose which of the two sucked less which sure. have been lego um star wars or um Oof. the new or the street fighter and i haven't bought a street fighter in a long time but i've always loved street fighter um so i but i haven't bought one in a long time i chose that one simply because i have all the lego games that i bought for the 360 
because yeah. I was kind of addicted to those Lego games for a while. In fact, Me I think too. Uh, Lego Star Wars, I bought a, I bought one for the 360 and one for the PSP. So <clears throat> I went. With How the, long? Street Can you play the three DSs? I mean, like I, I think I, you know. I told you guys before. I, I've, I saw one. You know, and it was pretty blue too, and it, it is pretty impressive to see it without the glasses. But I mean, you've got to look at it at just the right angle, right? You know, I haven't had that problem yet. Okay. Like yeah. I mean, because I don't. You know, even though I tend to move a bit when I do certain yeah. kinds of games, with the ones that I've been playing so far, just the ARG games, I'm I'm moving a little bit, but I'm not really getting into it in the same way that I do with certain games. But then at the same time, those kinds of games that I usually like jostle around a lot with are not the kinds of games I play on my three on my on my DS. Mm -hmm. Those are the games I play on my console. You know, because those, so those are my the games like you know like Grand Theft Auto that might involve driving. Right. Um, mm. you know, or games that, or first person shooters where I'm kind of ducking and dodging. Those are the kinds mm. of games that I actually move a lot with when I'm playing. And those I don't play on my handheld anyway. Mm. Um, I'll let point. you know once I play Street Fighter, <laughs> you know, if How that, long, if how long? Fun. Like 15, half an hour? What do you mean? How long do you play it on it? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'll play, you know, I play short bursts, but then I'll play, you know, up to an hour or so sometimes if mm. I'm like stuck somewhere and can't, uh, or even if I'm sitting on the couch, mm -hmm. uh, like sitting on the couch, like downstairs, not up in the game room. If I'm sitting up in the game room. I'm not <laughs> dealing with a handheld. <laughs> I'm dealing with my uh, other array of things that are up there. I can't wait until I can buy a game room. <laughs> you don't you usually buy a house and the room comes in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how that works. Thank you. You don't really just go out and buy a room. <laughs> no, I understand that. That is not what I was saying. I think you have to be as impressive as the as Dr. Samantha Blackman because <laughs> I know someday yeah. I'll be making the big professor bucks. Whatever. I'm still in an apartment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you let you let me know when I'm making the big professor bucks. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um so, yeah, well, the, the battery life is not, you know, not the greatest, especially when you consider like what iPad battery life is like, which is like what I've gotten mm -hmm. used to for um, a lot of handheld gaming, which is like 4,649 hours before the damn battery goes dead. Jeez. Um, wow. On the iPad. That's what was on the iPad. It's crazy. It's got crazy long battery life. Um, but I have um, I haven't played it until it's dead. But what I've heard is battery life is like three and a half hours on this. If you're playing straight, um, you know what? I don't know. Yeah, probably if you're playing straight, because last time I charged this thing was probably sometime yesterday, and it was on in my bag for that long. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then it died as soon as we opened it, which was very sad. But then, you know, that's also kind of sucky because because it's got all these street pass um, features built in, so you get points and you collect people's me's if they have a 3ds if you walk past them on the street or you know, on the subway or wherever the hell you are, not that we have oh. subway in Indiana, but you're supposed to leave it on. I wonder if they're going to come out with a really expensive but awesome battery. You know? Yeah, that'll probably be in the next iteration. Mm -hmm. That'll be in the next iteration, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Or they'll come out with some kind of bio port that you can just plug it in and it will, oh, draw, yeah. it will draw energy from your heart. And... Uh, <laughs> kill you instantly uh, I don't know 
So, but that's what I've been playing that. And I played some um, some old games for, you know, for our Gates Grant project. I played some Mass Effect and I played some Fallout 3. And I actually, because I wanted to, to play for the same project and had not played yet, um, played Dragon Age Origins. So I played like the first three hours twice because I played the first three hours on a machine that is not my home machine. Um, and then um, I played another, played the same three hours over again um, on my home machine. So I played six hours of three hours of content of <laughs> Dragon Age 3. <laughs> That's what Did you I'm get playing. past the opening um, tutorial deal? Yeah, 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 play, yeah, yeah. I can't remember how long it takes to play that first part. Where you, where you get your to, origin uh, stories. Yeah, yeah, your origin stories. Um, it takes a, it takes a little bit of time, depending on how much stuff you do and how many how much you talk to people and so on. And I so look forth. and talk at everything. Yeah, it took me longer. <laughs> that one. It took me longer the second time because I talked to people that I had not talked to the first time. So I didn't get as far in the in the first three hours as I did the first time through. Because the first time through, I was just like powering through and just like you know just doing quest items and not not yeah. walking around doing side stuff that's what happened to me until i realized like i played it first on my brother's xbox and i was like yeah this is awesome and then i like missed getting a certain like part in it and i went on i was like i can't go back he's like no you've moved on to the next section so yeah. i restarted it and spent like twice as long trying to play the first part through yeah in, so. in, in three hours on both times through i made it i made it past the intro section and into the kind of Gray Wharton training area kind of stuff. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, the first big battle and then yeah. on when the map actually starts opening up. Yep. So, sweet. I like that game. It is very fun. Okay, so that's me. All right, what should we read? Me first. Yes, you first, Alex. <laughs> go, go, go. I discovered go, go. the greatest journal ever. It's called the International Journal Journal of Gender, Science, and Technology. And holy cats, has there been some good articles. So I'm just going to read a few of them that I read this week. That I'm Not the whole articles, right? <laughs> Page one. <laughs> Um, no, not the whole, just the titles. Um, She's Geeky, The Performance of Identity Among Women Working in IT, which is amazing. Um, Who's the author? Let's see, by Re... Re um, the last name is Barry, if that helps. Okay. Rhiannon Barry. Um, and then Helen Peterson, uh, who wrote The Gendered Construction of Technical Self-Confidence, Women's Negotiated Positions in Male-Dominated Technical Work Settings. Also amazing. Here's my favorite one so far. Jan Bogg and Julie Prescott wrote Segregation in a Male-Dominated Industry, Women Working in, uh, in the Computer Games Industry. And this article, I think I, I, think I put um, a, the chart from this into my blog, um, my recent blog. Mm. And it's all about like looking at uh, which positions in the gaming industry are seen as technical and which are seen as more like human relations or communications. And then look at the array of women, like in the numbers of women working in those different areas. And then um, they talked about the study where, where they had, you know, a th like f whatever, 50 traits that you could have, personality traits. And 
there was a, there were several that were associated with women, like you know, caring and thoughtful, blah blah blah. And then there were some that were associated with men, like dominating, uh, you know, aggressive, ambitious, that kind of thing. And then they did, I think it was this one. It might have been the last one I just read. Anyway, they looked at what traits were identified to get to um, get to uh, executive positions in the gaming industry, and like all of the descriptors matched men, the male, not men, but the male. Um, personality traits. So it sort of was talking about like this double bind women are in when um, if they identify themselves with those masculine traits, then they're sort of othered in that they aren't adhering to the norm and people, you know, they call them a ball buster or whatever. Um, but then if they're overly feminine or just feminine, then their qualities aren't what's expected of an executive. So then they don't get seen in that role either. So it was awesome. There's a bunch more, but I talked for a long time. So, yes. Very cool. Uh-huh. Um, anybody else read anything interesting this week? I have, I have a question. I, I just thought of this. I went to, okay, so our borders is closing, right, mm-hmm. which is sad. But um, I went there, of course, you know, so all that's left of the books that are like 50% off now are just, you know, kind of looked over. But I was looking in the young adult novels, and I was wondering, had you guys heard of the game, or the game, the book, it's called Gamer Girl. It's by Mari Mancusi, I think is how you say her name. And, like, here's, the, like, the short synopsis. I was just curious, because it was, um, like, the, the cover of it has, like, a normal high school girl, and then on the flip side, she looks like she's some sort of mage that's, like, upside down. So, like... Oh. The little clip, it says, after her parents' divorce, Maddie has to leave her ultra-hip Boston life for a New Hampshire suburb where she, her mother, and sister stay with grandma. Um, So, okay, she deals with things. So she's being bullied by the in-crowd, the haters. Crushing on the wrong guy and stuck with the nickname Freak Girl, Maddie escapes into her drawing in the online game uh, Fields of Fantasy, where she can vanquish enemies and make friends far easier than at school. So, and it just, yeah... You really like those high school games. Yeah, well, it was, it was there. I'm trying to see what else it says. Oh, it, the last little clip says, while the trendy elements may eventually become dated, the story of a girl finding her inner strength will always resonate. So it says it's for grades 6 through 10. I just thought it was interesting because it's just an example of seeing actual girls playing games. I don't know if the book's actually going to actually buy well, it. Well, so. I, I think what's interesting there is the intersection of book, novel, print and gaming that's you know right. what i mean like totally yeah also isn't a video game getting recognized at a big film festival yes coming up? yeah in fact that's what i blogged about the lr oh well there you go recognized at the tribeca film festival clearly i read your blog then <laughs> <laughs> clearly <laughs> where did i news. learn this great information oh yeah it was also in the news yeah um <laughs> no i'm sure uh, i read it in the blog yeah. No. So yeah, that was in the news too. But I um, it, the reason why I guess it stands out to me is because, you know, class finished reading first person, and 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 a lot of that book is devoted to ludology, narratology, right. what's the difference, what's a game, what's an idea, which is part of why my blog came to be. Is is what is what is narrative? You know, what's narrative these days? What's not narrative? What's a movie? What's digital media? You know, like. It's all getting so blurry and complicated, and, and and books that Emily mentions. I mean, I think that other layer. I mean, that's fascinating. I think I just yeah, books now yeah. acknowledging it. Yeah, yeah. I was just quickly reading on Amazon like some of the 
reviews on it. Because like I said, I just looked at it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, oh, it's like 1030. I should probably leave Borders now because they're going to close here. <laughs> but like the first review says, this is bar none the worst book I have ever read in my life. So it's <laughs> like, oh, womp, womp, womp. So then I was looking and then it, other people are like, great, but predictable, degrading, superficial, cliche. And then some, some of it gets five stars. So like I said, it, the fact that it exists, I think what's interesting I don't know, content-wise and story-wise. I always wonder if it would be more successful as a game. Yeah. Saying, yeah. I mean, what, what was that one, the high school game? girls in trouble or something that you played, Emily? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, Dangerous high school girls in trouble. Mm-hmm. I believe, I'm, I've got to Google it. I was playing it on Steam. It was fantastic. It's on my wish list if anybody wants to get me a birthday present because it's my birthday on Steam. This yeah, there it is. Sunday. Happy birthday. I'm 46. Wow. That's 46 awesome. years young. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The game, not to interrupt your birthday stuff. Maybe I'll get it for your free birthday or yeah, make your cake into the game itself. Oh, yum. Still working on trying to make a dragon cake. But yeah, so the game, it's, it's on Steam is where I got it. I think it was, it was really cheap for like five bucks. So, um, but yes, it is Dangerous Girls in Trouble, small town epic quick little games and so it's a video game but it's played as a board game and so within it like here's the things you have to do you have to learn the game that adults play in private so it's a gambit game so there's kind of you get to flirt with boyfriends and but you win them for certain reasons it's it's interesting this is fascinating Um, yeah it's it takes place in the 20s so you're in the 20s, you're kind of like a flapper girl type. And then, yeah, this is the different games you can play are like you can flirt and taunt and you play poker and all these things and you solve mysteries and crazy stuff's going on and there's twists and there's turns. And like I said, there's no no animation, nothing. Looks just like a board game. And um, you, you play it and it's little mini games in it. So, oh, wow. I know. That's fascinating. Yeah. I highly so, recommend so is it people. a single player game or is it multiplayer? Since, uh... um, I believe it is just a single player game, but within it, you have to, you win your team by like influencing other girls to join, to join you. So like you have four, four characters within there. You're like the gang leader. And then if you get a boyfriend, they count as like kind of like a free life. So, and then they can, like, sacrifice themselves. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't mean to scoff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. Well, like, they're, like, it it gets weird. Like I said, it hasn't, it's, it's interesting. The clip itself, it's, like, yeah, here's, here's a little snip on it. It says, each victory makes them stronger. Each innuendo makes them more satisfied. Are you passionate enough to handle their power? People bending their gender, even for make-believe, will never understand. It almost sounds like it, girl. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. you're right. I should. I'm gonna try it. Maybe I'll buy it. You should. It. Trying to think. All I know about it, girls. You have to look cool, like to like. Well, you need to be hot. I need to. Yeah, this one you don't have to be hot. You have to be snarky, and Uh like smart. Well, you're 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 snarky through your hotness in it, girl, because that is the thing that kind of allows you to do like your own throwdown and win. That's right. Oh yeah, that's how hot you are. And then you get, you know, extra hotness points and all this other crap for having a boyfriend that tags along with you everywhere you go. But you can't do anything to piss him off. (laughs) Talk to other boys or... So, yeah. Yeah, that's BS. I think you can get multiple boyfriends in this one. I don't think they care. Oh, I'm trying to think. Like, you can end up with multiple. But the only way you win them is you have to kind of figure out this pattern of what what they like. So you can, like, 
compliment them, say a joke or something. You have to do things like together. And so it's, it's kind of just a game of guess if you get the boyfriend or not. I just threw up in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm making it sound horrible. I realize. <laughs> I think at it girls, you have to like give them gifts. Don't you? Does anybody remember? I don't remember. I have never. It's been a couple of weeks since I played it. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Oh, my. Are you reading anything, Sarah? We haven't done that yet. Hmm. Well, I did mention that I I read uh, the stuff in first person. Oh, and, that's true. Yeah, and ludology, narratology, like I said, what's a game, what's not a game, that kind of thing. That, that, that's where our primary focus, my primary focus really for the past couple weeks has been, which, like I said, gave birth to the blog um, in terms of, you know, well, video game, what's not, and that's what, and I mentioned, you know, Ally Noir because that we talked about that in my in my class where, you know, if you have, what is the difference between a video game and something that uses gaming technology, and can we call them the same? And you know, play has to be a part of it, and immersion and participation, you know. So that's that's what the stuff I've been reading and focusing on in terms of like articles and stuff. And news articles. I mean, that's what I've been reading. So, what about you, Sam? Wow, good question. What have I been reading? Um, well, you've been busy with your trip to Boston and all that nonsense. Yeah, uh, all the crazy stuff. Meeting with, uh, meeting with programmers and playing games and talking about games and talking about gamification and talking about education and I've been talking more than I've been doing anything else. I'm so damn tired of talking by the time I get home yeah. or back to my hotel room or wherever I am at that at that moment that I uh, I haven't had much uh, energy to read. I've been reading, but I have been reading something um, since I started my C's paper. Um, I was, you started uh, your C's paper? I did start my C's paper. I started yesterday. Thank well you done. very much. Huh? Wow. Impressive. I know and I don't present until next Thursday. Um, <laughs> it's stuff that I've been thinking about and writing about for a while, actually. But um, I've been rereading uh, Ian Bogost's uh, stuff on procedural rhetoric uh, for my uh, for my C's paper. Also, um, not to interrupt, but you're, aren't you presenting with Ian Bogost? Yeah, Ian's on our panel. Um, it's uh, me, Ian, Alex Reed, um, oh. and. Alice um, Robinson Dare, Ab oh. Robinson Dare. That is a um, that is a panel and a half. Yeah, she's going to yeah. be presenting virtually though because she's uh, she can't travel right now, mm. so she's going to be presenting virtually. So we've been wow. we've been assured that we have both wireless and a wired connection in that room. So Believe that when I see it. I know. So hopefully Skype will hold up. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm sorry. So yeah. That's about all I've been reading. I like I said, it's been crazy. So between, huh. you know, I went back to Michigan to visit family for spring break, um, and we hadn't been back to Michigan for like a year. Wow, you know, probably a year and a half. So um, we were out until all times of the day and night. Um, so <laughs> we just came back and like crashed every time we came back to the hotel. So I got no reading done, though I did take stuff with me. Um, I always do that. I know. And then we came back here and I was back in the office and then had to f fly back out to Boston. So 
I haven't had time mm. to read. Mm. My life sucks. Or is awesome. <laughs> or is awesome, yeah. I was just gonna say, I'll train. <laughs> you say that now, whatever, man. I am so excited that we actually have time to talk about the topic that we've been trying to talk about for three Oh, weeks. indeed. I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. I know we hinted at it there for a second. It was smart to move the news to the end, mm-hmm. Sam. That was smart. Well, See? There was method to my madness. <laughs> so um, this week, like I said, the, we've talked about Emily's joined us um, to talk about intersectionality in games. Emily's not going to be the only one talking about intersectionality. But she That's has- good. Yeah, we should all talk about it. We should all talk about it. She's got. Some we should all talk about it. Say. Man, I don't like talking. Yeah, I'm a little tired now. <laughs> yeah, we're we're That's done talking fine. now. Just leave it to Emily. I love the leg. I like to call her the leg. The leg. It's fine. It's great. I love that last name. I'm like, <laughs> fantastic. There's so many good jokes just waiting to happen with it. That's so. true. I was gonna say, let's get a leg up. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. I know. Go break a leg. Oh wait. I was gonna oh. say break a leg, shake a leg. <laughs> uh, good lord. That being I said, feel your pain. My last name is White. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I understand. Oh, Sorry, yeah. my mom's maiden name was Moon. So all about like the common nouns for last names. It's kind exactly. of a trend. Nice. Um, so Emily's going to talk, and we're going to sit back and kick back and drink wine. And, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but that means that we are going to talk about intersectionality in games. Last week we, or last week, last podcast, last episode, we talked a bit about intersectionality and gamers this week i think we're going to talk more about intersectionality in games um and i I think that the one of the interesting things so you know if you want more of a interpretation or a a description definition of what intersectionality is please go back and listen to our last podcast but in general um, intersectionality is is an idea that comes from critical race theory um and I think we we see the first we see the first bits of it coming through Kimberly Crenshaw, who and intersectionality talks about this intersection between two kind of identity points. So for uh, Crenshaw, and the way it originally gets gets discussed, it's the intersection between race and biological sex. So it's it's something that she talks about in terms of being an African American woman, um, and how that uh, that intersection that space. Um, affects kind of other things that are outside of that space or are affected by other things that are outside of that space. It's probably the quickest, the, the best 30 second description I can give. Um, if anybody disagrees with me, tell me I'm stupid and wrong um, and move on. <laughs> <laughs> anybody disagree? dead air? No one's going to disagree. No, it's <laughs> good. Not, okay. Yay! Either you're very, very all very frightened and nobody wants to, or nobody knows. What well, you also is. taught us. Uh, you're our professor, so yes. <laughs> if we were going to learn a dissenting opinion, it would not have come from you. You never yes. know what I'm saying. That's why I'm always playing devil's advocate in class. <laughs> I was going to say, can I play devil's advocate for just a second? <laughs> After several classes with you, there is always a method and a pattern. <laughs> like, Anywho, holy shit, she actually thought about this before she came. Um, <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, um, and, and like I said, we talked a little bit about intersectionality in gamers last week. Um, so this week we want to talk about intersectionality in games. And, and like Emily told us when she first, when she first introduced herself, um, she also does Native American rhetorics. Um, so she's 
done some interesting things in the past with games um, and Native American rhetoric. Um, I don't know what she wants to talk about tonight. So where I keep talking and rambling, I'm going to let her say something. All right. I can say something. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I can give a little background. I mean, as far as like me as I, I know this is probably reaching back to last week, but me as a gamer, been interesting history where I was not allowed to play video games as a child. So I always was like on the other side wanting to play, except at my great grandma's house, which for some reason she had an Atari. So huh. I played Atari forever. And then um, some educational gaming console, I don't think anyone's heard of. And if you have, you totally get props. Uh, it's called Socrates. And it was not that good. So um, it wasn't until recently I started playing games. And then, so I'm sitting here, my, my background, I'm uh, Cherokee. And I'm like, oh, let's think about Native Americans and games. I'm like, where can this go? So Sam actually introduced me because I just went out. I was like, I don't actually know if there's any games that involve Native Americans. Like, I'm, I was sitting there thinking like, okay, where can I go with this? So Sam actually introduced me to the game Prey, which the main character, and I haven't played it for a year, uh, the main characters, Native American, Cherokee, I believe, they're even in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah. So that's, in case you guys didn't hear, that's where I'm from originally. So okay. started playing and just all these problems of representation came up. Because it's like, how do you represent a Native American or, you know, even a specific tribe like Cherokee visually without some sort of signifying mark or even stereotype or without going back to the stereotype so we kind of made a joke like you can't tell people are native american unless one they tell you or somebody draws them or animates them with a feather somewhere in their hair or something um so that's where i started and looking at that and just how interesting it becomes a a problem in, in our images of um native americans and all that stuff and it's built into what I've, I've been thinking about, too, is this idea of that, you know, um, America looking for actual American myths. And so going back to, like, this idea of what it means to be American, we have, you know, pulling yourselves up with the, by the bootstraps and self-reliance. But some of the other myths is this idea of the Wild West and Indians and cowboys. And that's a very unique American experience. So that's so built into our myth that a lot of people don't question that. The American, and so this is crossed over into games and seen a lot of it. Um, I think we we talked a little while once back about uh, I started playing Red Dead Redemption, which I'm not gonna lie, I I love it for just riding the horses and catching the horses, and she has been doing for weeks, which I have. I don't think I I haven't even made it to the Mexico part, so I can't even talk that much because I keep you know just lassoing horses and having fun with that but um but then we we started to figure out if john marston was if he was some native american type of character the opening cut scene has some interesting comments about uh the indians and all this stuff being savages and needing to be saved and um mm-hmm. like the the uh kill the savage, save the man type rhetoric that was going on there. And then if you look at Marston, he's got, you know, there's a little bit of feathers going on and you can't quite tell by his expression, whether he's sympathetic or just not paying attention and all this sort of stuff. So you just sit there like, what do you do with this? Like, what's happening? Yeah, Emily, let me, I mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but let me, let me ask you this. I mean, we are dealing with rhetorics. We're also dealing with visual rhetorics. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we hear, you know, Disney, it's taken them a long time to figure out how to do certain ethnicities because they don't want to offend. You know, we want, how do you represent a certain ethnicity without, exactly. being, you know, like too far. So, you know, video games are, tr- are kind of transversing or you know, that same sort of fine line. I mean, you know, we're coming out of, you know, you don't want to be exaggerated in features. You don't want to be cartoonish, but you want to make sure this is, this person is represented for their ethnic, you know, their ethnic, you want to be ethnically correct, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, I mean, in terms of like Native American and African American, I think sometimes they fall on white, let's say, because it's easy, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, we got the white gamer and they're not going to be offended and, uh, you know, we can make them whatever we want them to look like. And, you know, for the most part, nobody's going to be mad. And so it's sort of the, the default. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think, um, I don't, I've never pr- played the game that you mentioned that, you know, that has the Native American representation. I am playing Red Dead Redemption, but, and I've played other games that have Hispanics represented very stereotypically. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's a fine line. When you're doing something visually, I mean, you're walking a fine line, aren't you? Yeah, it is. It, it, yeah, I, I, I think so too. And it, like I like I said, I wrote a paper in Sam's class. That's actually probably how she knows his interest in this. But um, yeah, and, it, and it's it's a difficult, like as you said, it's a very difficult fine line that you're walking because you want to represent somebody visually. And like, I mean, if you saw me, like if we had video going on, I'm probably about the whitest person you'd see, but I identify with Cherokee and all this stuff. I always joke with Sam that I can actually pull out a race card if anyone ever actually questions that. I, I carry it. I'm a member of the Cherokee tribe. We, we, we get our cards. So, but, um, so visualizing that's interesting. And I think where it becomes a problem is when it um, becomes essentialized. And like, we've talked about World of Warcraft and you have the Taran who are, you know, basically like Buffalo. And so, okay, there's that going on. And is that being too essential, essentialized and all this stuff? And then you have, you know, little hints and, and trying to do that, so I think one of the I, problems. I'm sorry. One, I think oh one no, of the go problems, ahead. I was just, I don't have an answer. with what um <laughs> with what Sarah was saying is that it is a huge problem that the standard is white, right? Mm-hmm. And right. that represents that there is um the not it's not congruent between who's making the games and who's playing them and accurate representation. Um, it sounded like you wanted to jump in there, Sam. No, I mean, I, I think I think I agree with you. And I mean, I, I've heard this. I've heard this discussion, and, and I've heard that argument from from you know game programmers, game developers, gamers in general at numerous conferences over the years as I kind of present on this kind of stuff. And, and I think it's a cop out. I mean, plain mm-hmm. and simple. I think it's a cop out. You can't. I think it's impossible to say that. You know. <laughs> You know, it, it, this happens. You know, these stereotypical uh, representations that basically equal racism happen mm-hmm. um, because you know these people are you know have best best interests at heart. Because you know what, you don't have to um, you don't have to give me certain vernacular or place me in the middle of Compton or make me drive a hoopty or have me shooting people in drive-bys for people to know I'm black. Um, because that is not what all black people are one. Um, and two, there are other, there are other markers that let us know people are black. If you give someone enough melanin in their skin, um, or skin tone, right? If you put, if you make them brown enough in the game, they will know that these people are black. It's not necessary to, 
um, for example, in prey, give people feathers or more, more, more kind of <laughs> interestingly, um, and, uh, less factually put them on a reservation in Oklahoma. I know. I was sitting there like, wait, wait a minute. Cherokee are on a reservation, reservation in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure we're not on this there. So yeah, it's even, not necessary like, I, to do those things in order to, in order to let, in order to kind of clue your it, audience. Yeah, it's lazy. In. Right. It's yeah. Like, and, it's, and like I said, the, the narrative of prey and, 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 and a lot of it, I, I can't help but argue, comes not just from laziness, but from racism. Because yeah, those are stereotypes, right. right? And those are, you know, they come from ignorance on top of everything else. I don't mm -hmm. know anything else. And instead of actually doing five minutes of freaking research and finding out that Cherokee don't live on reservations in Oklahoma, I'm going to exactly. say all Indians or all Native Americans live on reservations. So, hey, there's a reservation in Oklahoma. And dude, with all this this jean attire and him and his grandfather with all their feathered, their feathered gear, you know, live on a reservation in Oklahoma. Well. Well, for yes. that matter, I mean, they, they do the same thing for, for, for the genders, right? The women are mm -hmm. awfully stereotyped, which Alex has attacked in several different blogs. You know what I mean? They, they're lazy with that. They're also lazy with a lot of different stereotypes and games. You know what I mean? Like, well, and then I think to, to go back to what Sam was saying, like, you know what? Maybe you're right that if there's a lot more sexism and racism going on there than... I, I at least want to think about in the games that I love, especially because, like, Sarah, you were saying that the, the sexism is a huge problem. You know, I think one of the problems is that there's no women programming these games, and if they were, they would stop it, and there's no Native Americans programming these games. Otherwise, they'd be like, are you kidding me? Right? I, yeah. I would hope, right? I mean, I know that it, the money drives the, the programs, but I would hope that, yeah, we wouldn't see these kinds of gross misrepresentations, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and then it's interesting too because I've I've looked on how like Cherokee, especially, have started using technology and in video games specifically because you're working on language revitalization. Uh, revitalization. So Alex, this is kind of going back to what you were saying with you know there aren't any women designing or programming and there aren't any Native Americans, but there's actually a language learning game. It's called On the Res, and it's for learning Cherokee language. And it's kind of and they're like, oh, we're kind of joking about what it's like to live on, like on the reservation, and children can learn how to speak. Cherokee through this and stuff and well part of me is like that's awesome like they're really like grabbing onto video games and learning and you know we're gonna have kids learning Cherokee which is fantastic but at the same time like okay you guys have essentialized yourselves as you're working with designers and giving feedback so what what message does that send in a way yeah, that's an interesting quandary there it mm -hmm. is and I've I've been waiting for the game I think it's still in development last time I checked but um I'm just curious to see. And I think what they were doing was make it more platform kind of sandbox. So it could be like um, on the res Cherokee version, on the res Choctaw version, on the res Kiowa version. And you could just um, work in different languages. So it's not just a Cherokee language game. It would be a blank, like insert Native American language game. Um, that way, so that might be why they're doing the essentialization. But like I said, it's... It's interesting because you play as a character and you've got, you know, braids, you've got the the beads. I think you're in jeans, but you've got like the cowboy hat and all sorts of stuff. So, well, you know, and people will say it's a problem in entertainment, period. I mean, if you watch a lot of movies, I mean, I've read oh, yeah. by Italian <laughs> Sopranos. I mean, it's hard to find an Italian representative who's not a mobster. You know, it's hard to find, um, you know, Native American who, like you said, is not 
dances with wolves and like yep. old. You know, I mean, it's hard to Iron find a contemporary. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's hard to find a, a contemporized Native American. And video games are perpetuating that. And I don't know if it's because of the audience I think they have, or like I said, because of they're afraid to visually represent for fear, you know, like, oh, well, we made them too exact, you know, like, oh my God, you know, we've made them too stereotypical. And like, Dragon Age does an interesting job with that, right? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of, um, because there, I mean, Dragon Age, for anyone who's played, you, you, there's two different types of elves you can play. There's city elves, and then there's the Dalish. And um, the Dalish, the way I've, I've played it and thought about it, it's like the Dalish kind of represent Native Americans in a way. They're, they're, they're called savages by the other races in the, in the game, and they're off living. They're almost this idea of the vanishing Indian in mm-hmm. um, video game form so they're kind of hidden in the woods they don't even know if they really exist and all the city elves who were enslaved by the humans that are now living basically in um like ghettos and all this kind of stuff and um so they're like oh do you want to run away and it's like who would do that we don't know they're totally savage and why would you want to run away and so he's like oh but i was you know i've heard of family members who was rescued so that's a really interesting there's interesting stuff going on with there i, I don't know if at least it's a little bit more complex than simply through a feather. And so it is, and, yeah. and that's what I mean. I think the Dalish—they're typically represented, um, if we're talking visually, as as an elf. They have a little bit more tattoos, and their their clothing is a little bit more. Um, it, like the clothing looks like it's from nature. Like it's going to be animal skin and all this stuff. It's a little bit more brusque. I'm re- trying really hard not to say the word primitive because I think that's horrible. Well, but they've, they've held more to tradition. Yes, they're, they, they're haven't, they haven't been westernized. I mean, and, and no. that's exactly oh. what's happened happened to the city elves is that they've because because of their interactions with the humans, they've been they've been basically more more humanized, right? Because here we're talking mm-hmm. about different races and not and, and we're talking about races of beings and not ethnic yes, races, right? Not. <laughs> um, they've been it's a little humanized. complicated. There. The humans have humanized them. What the humans have humanized them. Yeah, but they've been more humanized, right? And mm-hmm. there's a, the way that we can interpret it, we can interpret it for for our purposes is being more westernized, right? Um, yes. And the and the Dalish uh, elves are still holding more to to elven tradition, um, which is is why they do have more of the kind of um, racial and or tribal tattoos, right? That you can actually mm-hmm. you can actually add to your city elf character. Yeah, totally. When you but but it's not it's not the default, right? No, and it's yeah, and it, so yeah. What's interesting? Did you Sam? What did you play as a? What was your elf. race as you played? Elf. You did elf. Yes. Did you do city or dollish? I did. City okay, elf. so you did city. We should. That's interesting. Gender stuff too going on there. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, yeah, with with the with so with the dollish, I I played that. That was the first origin story I played. I'm I was one hundred percent there. I think I was a warrior, female warrior. I I went with the tattoos because I thought they looked awesome. I had great clothes. I mean, and so you go out there, and that narrative is that you're actually trying to reclaim some of your tradition because it was lost. So you go out and you actually explore a cave and you stumble across some ancient dollish relics and all this stuff. I just keep thinking you're saying Dalek. So I'm sorry. Uh, I, I know. Just not like Dalek. I apologize. My allergies are bad. I might be okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. You're in Dalish? a cave. I don't know. I'm in a cave. What? Yeah. So you're in a cave, and you actually like stumble across some of your um, what you think to be ancient uh, Dalish relics and stuff. So you go back and talk to the, <laughs> the Daleks exterminate. I'm sorry. Anyways, Doctor Who reference. 
Germany. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you think that this this whole like fantasy angle is a cop? I mean, like you know, uh, Alex and, and and Samantha were talking a, a few weeks ago, and I, I forget the exact game, but you know, you said that they were kind of like um, you were playing a game, and the characters were represented, and they had kind of like ghetto speak and. No, we're talking about the goblins and wow. Yeah, and 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 the fact that like. They're still assigning racial traits, even though they're kind of putting it in a fantasy realm. You know what I mean? Like, but there's a way so to do my, that. So my character's green, but it's still a stereotype. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And that and that was a, that was our point that that was that was that did not serve any purpose, right? Other than to be stereotypical. I mean, mm-hmm. the, there's no there's no questioning that a goblin's a goblin, regardless of it, it's the way that you. It's the way that you culture, I guess, culturize that yeah. goblin is the, is what affects the way people think about that goblin because they wanted to think about the go- they wanted people to think about the goblins in a very specific way. So, what way do you get them to think about them? Like, okay, I want them to think about these goblins as urban African Americans. So that's exactly what I'm going to make them look like. That's the way that I'm going to make them speak. That is what I am going to surround them with. And they do that for a reason because it's not just to make them think about them in that way, but it's to make them react to them in that way and have very visceral reactions to them based on what those stereotypes mean to them. And that is all couched in racism. And who's playing? And they're assuming that the majority of the players are white. Well, of course, all game industries assume that all that most of their game players are white males. Now they've, you know, broadened the age range, but they still think that they're predominantly white male in 18 to 35. Yeah. Which is so wrong. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what I think is interesting with Dragon Age overall. It's like they're they're willing to deal with these issues of of race and then there's also class issues and I'm not talking like class like warrior rogue mage I mean this is actually like socioeconomic class issues are going on there's gender issues going on um and and they deal with that and they kind of put you in the place of having to question that and go through it and it's a much more nuanced argument and it's not just there for uh like like you were saying Sam it's not just there is just to be kind of racist it's like okay let's actually work through this if you were a character how do you deal with that racial tension that's going on within the elves or the caste system that's going on with the dwarves exactly and the gender stuff that goes on um even within the city elves it's it's very different so yeah I, and i don't think that i don't think that you know dragon age as origins i haven't played two i don't think that origins is is um is like a hundred percent right, but I think that it gives us more space as yeah. as scholars and as 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 intellectual folk, right? To to contemplate, to think, to critique, to evaluate than some of this other stuff does because they're doing it, you know, not necessarily to cause a visceral reaction, but but to I mean, and that was one of the reasons that I chose to play a city a city elf because I kind of knew what the origin story was and I wanted to play mm-hmm. that line first. Um, but just to kind of, to, it kind of in, in many ways, like the story of the Dalish, um, can be used, and I'm not saying it will be, but can be used to help folk understand what certain ethnicities are going through in terms of losing their connection to their to their to their history, to their um, kind of to their to their well to their history, to their ethnicity, yeah. to everything that's connected with them, to their languages. Right. And then seeing what the and being able to play through that. It it is there is more opportunity for that 
in, in yeah. situations like that and games that do it in this way than there is for um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas than there is sure. for um, oh god it just like totally went out of my head what was the crazy ass um, one about going to Mexico and doing the spicy burrito combos um, Whoa, is it San Juan? I know what you're talking about It'll come to me, but in, yeah. in, terms, oh, yeah, of, I can't think in of it. terms of that, in terms of San Andreas, in terms of what WoW does with torrents and goblins and mm-hmm. blood elves and trolls and all of the mm-hmm. other kind of horde races that get racialized and ethnicentrized um, in stereotypical and horrible, horrible ways. I mean, there's, yeah. certain, there's a certain way to do it. And I think that, you know at least when we start looking at as as far as I played and from what Emily and I have talked about, I think that that Dragon Age Origin gives us more more room, gives us more room for kind of for looking at that, for interrogating this in positive ways instead of in some of the more horrible ways that some of the other games do. Exactly. And there's even more. I mean, it just playing through and then if you have a very curious gamer, so this is something that actually interests them when you collect the codexes throughout the actual like history of all the different races and stuff you can go on and you can read the history of the dalish and what actually has happened and you know as as told by whoever obviously wrote the codex at the time um if you really want to start investigating it but so it, it does and I, I think I, I i appreciate that space and um like I said, there's there's still problems that, that could potentially happen, and oh, you yeah. might have people that don't even give it a second thought, and like, oh, well, they're calling the Dalish savage, and I'm not going to play as a Dalish, so I will always view them as savage, because that's what the city elves and the mm. humans are calling them. But then if you play as a Dalish, you actually you get that whole background, and you do have to interact. Um, so I just started th- thinking, I've, I played through as a, as a mage, which is totally different when you're a mage, you don't even get to go through the other origin story. You're basically put in like a like prison at the time so you interact with the Dalish and you actually get to talk to some of their elders people who are part of the clan and and figure out and you have to decide if you're going to side with them or other people it's it's just it's interesting where you can just start questioning the spaces and the overlaps and all of these um the the world that they've created through there is a very nuanced space I think is one way to think of it Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm Wow. Ooh. Yeah. It's a cool <laughs> game. I mean, just, just, I just let that ripple a little bit. Yeah, just, just let you think about it. But, like, I, and so out of curiosity, because, like, I have, I've got to play all the origins. So I actually haven't gotten that far in the game because I keep, like, restarting new characters and stuff. So uh, when you play as the dwarves, you have a choice to play as a dwarf. Uh, no. And so you have lots of money. You're, like, the daughter or the son of the king and all this stuff. Or you can play as a commoner and you're castless as a commoner. So you actually are marked. Your character is marked with a tattoo on their face. And um, you're actually called commentary names with that tattoo on your face. And you play as a male. You're protecting your sister from a horrible crime lord who is basically, um, he's basically, like, that he's she's out as a prostitute trying to get money and all this sort of stuff and he says you know kind of horrible things about her but if you play as a female um same thing kind of happens interact with your mother and your mother says the only tool you have is in between your legs so you better learn how to use that nice. and put that oh. away Jesus. so like, i mean they, they, it's it's in your face gender stuff going oh, on there yeah. um 
Wow. Yeah, and it's you're dealing, like I said, you're you're below even like the servant class because you're completely castless. Well, so you're dealing with drug lords and crime lords and all this yeah. stuff, and you're trying to work your way through. It's it's just well, I mean, like that's I said, the there same is thing with the the origin stories and and with the with the elves, right? Is that if you play mm-hmm. the city elf, you know, it's it's regular practice for the humans to come into the city and choose women willy nilly, right? Women, female elves, mm-hmm. right? Not human women, but to um, to sleep with whenever they want, and they come in on on someone's wedding day. It's your wedding day if you play as the as the mm-hmm. female elf, and they choose you and your cousin um, and uh, your male cousin's bride to be because it's a double wedding as well as as other women, and they they take them. And your cousin is gang raped. Yeah, jeez. Oh, yep. Right. And it's it's there you, because you, it, and you it can't all not harkens, start. It harkens back to slavery, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what they're trying to do when they when they build this origin story that revolves around slavery and these people that still kind of live in this indentured servitude, much like African Americans did in the post antebellum period in the South and shit even in the North in some cases, mm-hmm. where you know they lived and they still worked for these people that they had been enslaved by because that was the only means that they had to support themselves. I mean. It's really interesting and surprisingly well done. Um, yeah, I had little hope for it, to be perfectly honest, because I'm old and sar- I'm old and pessimistic and sarcastic <laughs> and everything else at this point. But it's surprisingly well done, and there's there's a there's it lets you see what there is really kind of the ability to do and still make, you know, a big ticket mainstream commercial off the shelf game that sells well. Right. Yes. Totally. And I think and this is something to kind of bring up for those who haven't played Dragon Age. The nice thing about it is like we we're talking, you know, like the visual rhetoric of games of representation is that the the races, so the the elves and the humans and their their race isn't based on on color, obviously. You can customize, they have a slider bar and you can choose the pigment of your skin from the whitest white to the darkest dark, and that's kind of left out of it. So it's you're not even, you don't even naturally go back to those essentialized, well, oh, so these are obviously like the Native American elves because their skin's slightly darker. So they can be all shades whatsoever. So they, they're they're skirting those issues really well. And it's the narrative that they bring in that deals with class issues and um, race issues and gender issues and all sorts of stuff. So it draws you in and makes you really investigate all that. Cool. Yeah. Do you, do you think, well, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, do you think that someone of a, a particular age, somebody who was really young before 1450, would they be able to grasp that stuff? Um, I was trying to think. I mean, it's it's so part of the story. If they're able to grasp the story, I mean, it's a complicated story, obviously. You've yeah. got a, a world, Ferelden is, I think there's like a couple of civil wars going on. You have the blight that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tension between the Templars, the religion, and then uh, the mages and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's a complicated story, but I think as long as they can grasp that narrative, those interactions and those those intersections, since we're talking about intersectionality, we have not mm-hmm. used that word lately, but we are. Um, those, those intersections within there are so part of the story, you at least are made aware of what's going something. on. And like I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something's going on. Like I said, even if you choose not to play as the Dalish, right. 
part of the quest, you have to interact with the Dalish, and that interaction leads you immediately to hear their background story. Yeah. And they tell you this is why this is why we don't interact with other with other races. Like this and is this is why we don't interact with humans because of our past and our history. And you listen to it. Yeah. And you respond to it. I mean, but deal that, with that and that affects your choices. But that goes back to why, you know, why not only why we use games in the classroom, but how we use games in the classroom and mm -hmm. what and what people perceive as use of games in the classroom. Because oftentimes people will say, oh, yeah, you know, you throw kids in, you have them play games. Big deal. No, you don't just have kids play games in the classroom. But if you're going to have them play these games, then you have to start talking about these things and start interrogating mm -hmm. them and saying, OK, historically, where have we seen this before? How does this operate? Right. You know, let's look at how this lines up with actual U.S. history in many ways. I mean, and, and that is a rich, rich, rich opportunity because they are able to interact with bits mm -hmm. of history and also be critical of not only U.S. history, but in be critical of the way that the game itself is built and think about what the differences and nuances are in these situations. So there's all kinds of like critical thinking stuff that goes on and there's all kinds of analytical stuff that's going on that, you know, I mean, and these kids are already playing these games. So if we just take, mm -hmm. right. take a little time and engage with them where they already freaking are, you have one of the yeah. richest teaching tools available to you right in their living rooms or bedrooms or wherever the hell they're playing already. Well, in their intimate spaces. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I have a little, a little shout out to my class that I'm teaching because I think it's fantastic. Um, Speaking of like that space and, and critical thinking, so I, I teach a composition course, but we talk about games and stuff, um, and so I, th I think it's very interesting because I, I hold don't hold I don't hold anything back. I'm like, oh, I'm playing Sims, I can't stop playing, and so we we keep doing. I keep mentioning it, so I'm trying to create a space where students can actually talk if they want to about video games, and um, it's been really interesting. So we have conferences one on one time with them, and a lot of the girls in the class have come out and actually told me they're like. So Emily, I, I couldn't stop playing Sims all weekend. Uh -huh. I'm like, really? And then then they just open up like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. None of the guys have said that they're playing games. I always ask them, like, oh, who's played Portal? And like three kids raise their hand. I'm thinking, what are these young kids playing? I realize I'm I must be old. So I'm trying to like oh, yeah. yeah, Call of Duty, all that kind of stuff. But so it's 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 great. Um, like I said, video games and being able to think critically about them, especially commercial ones. That, that they're used to and that they, they haven't thought about questioning or maybe they have, but they didn't think it was actually worth talking about in class. Like, oh, you know, that's just for fun. It doesn't really belong in school. But when you open up that space and actually get them to think about it, there's so much out there mm -hmm. that we can, it's a great Wow. That was yeah. fun. Uh, Ooh, we could, it is we could, fun. We could go on talking about this forever. See, Emily, now you're gonna have to come back and talk to us more, um, and talk to us more. We can talk more about intersectionality in games, and like I said, because there are all kinds of games that this happening have this happens in. Um, we talked a lot about Dragon Age tonight, but I, I think that's cool. Um, so yeah, for folks who who haven't played Dragon Age Origins yet, please go out and find a copy. I had to actually buy my copy at GameStop because. None of the none of the stores actually had new copies in. Nope. You can buy the well. I wanted the original. It's cheap with, now too. Yeah, it is cheap. It is fairly cheap. I wanted to buy just Dragon Age Origin without the Game of the Year edition that has all the downloadable content. Because if you buy it with all the downloadable content, it's like fifty nine ninety nine, like regular price for a game. Um, yeah. But I wanted to be able to pick and choose the DLC that I played because I heard some of it was better than other um, mm -hmm. other 
some of it was better than others. Um, so I went to uh, GameStop and, and bought my copy and I was able to get a copy, I think, for like $24.99, which is, you know, not definitely cheap, but definitely cheaper than 60 bucks for half of the content that I might never play or want to play. Oh, yeah. Well, and the game's totally replayable. Like I said, there's, uh, I think, six total different origin stories you can do and they're all vastly different and then yeah. you can play through it super different each time and all sorts of all yeah, sorts because of stuff. There's, so there's $24 is totally worth it. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> there's humans, elves, and dwarves, right? Yep. And, and if you do uh, the downloadable content, you get a golem. Oh, so nice. Yeah, there's totally different stories, like a whole nother thing. Yeah, it's I a think, whole different race and class and all sorts of stuff that I haven't actually played through it. I've watched a little bit of it, but I think that that's one so. of the things that that um, I kind of figured out early on is that I want to play through all of the origin stories. Um, I was I was drawn to the city elf origin story first because I had heard about the wedding scene and what happened mm -hmm. there. So I definitely wanted to play through that. But even if you just play through the origin story, I mean, that's a couple of hours for each one. Uh, oh, yeah. Already. Um, you need to play through the dwarf one so we can talk about it. Cool. Because I'll, I'll keep playing. Will. I'll keep playing my, my female commoner dwarf. I want to I'm going to play through the Dalish elf first. Um, and probably next if I can ever put this damn 3DS down. And see, see where it goes. <laughs> I know that. I got to put aside Sims Medieval at this point. I'm like, ah, just one more quest, just one more quest. So, <laughs> um, kind of as a, a quick segue, I think we can we can probably cover a couple of news items without um, having Alex fall asleep on us because she's the huh. she's our early bird. Well, that is sort of true, but yes. <laughs> You're we, right. That's totally true. Are we allowed true. to do a couple of news stories, Alex? Yes, we totally can. But you have to forgive me if my crazy dogs run in here and start barking. I'll try. And I keep totally, it. I totally heard some sort of weird noise. Yeah, yeah. that was the her throwing her ball around. But yeah, let's do some news. <laughs> well, okay. Since we've been talking about um, Dragon Age, Dragon Age, I think yeah. it was really one of the interesting things that came out this week was the 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 Dragon Age two bio the Bioware Dragon Age two troll dude, right? who was, I call him, I call him, he's a troll, but he posted on the Bioware forums about how he was pissed off that he wasn't be, being considered as a straight white male um, in in the programming of Dragon Age 2 because other male characters were allowed to hit, not NPCs, now I'm playing characters, or playable characters, were allowed to hit on his male character. And he really was not appreciating the fact that, you know, basically these queer characters were hitting on his dude um, because his dude was clearly straight. And I'm <laughs> dude facetiously here, right? And he was pissed <laughs> off, which was really funny. But what, you know, made me kind of give all kinds of props to uh, Bioware is that the Bioware, the Bioware forum rep came in and was like, you know, uh, just kind of shot him down and was like, basically called him a friggin' idiot. Um, and, uh, and and said, well, you know, here, this is what we're doing. Uh, we have to be considerate of all folks. And I mean, I think that it adds to the story and, and to think about and talk about um, how this functions in the in the game itself. So it's kind of the same thing that we were talking about in terms of do we just give people the game and let them play when we're talking about games and education? Or do we, you know, kind of help guide them? Because dudes clearly needed some guidance. Um, yeah, he was a freaking idiot. Well, well, he's getting it now. It is all over the place. Oh, it's well, all over yeah. I mean, whether he wants guidance or not, he's and 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 I've read both sides of this of this debate. Okay, and, and we talked about it a little bit in my class, where 
I've heard, I've, I've heard the fact that, you know, a lot of gay gamers uh, say, well, you know, hey, now you know what it's like because we play these games and we're always kind of straight jacketed into these straight roles. Well, now you know, you know, that you have to be a gay gamer. You know, now you know what it's like to have to perform to a certain sexual standard. You know what I'm saying? And then I've also heard gay gamers say, well, this is the the characters in this game are stereotypical and not every gay person is out to hit on everybody. You know, like, yes, we understand the line between friend and non-friend. You know what I mean? Like that's the fear anyway, right? That, Oh, if someone's gay, well, it doesn't matter. They're going to hit on you. Right. Oh my God. They might get on me in the bathroom. You know, the hysteria and that, and that this game was feeding the hysteria, you know, like I said, so it, it I've, I've, I've heard both sides. I guess probably I should just play it and see what's going on. I think you I've should. seen videos. Yeah. I think you should because I haven't played it, but I've actually seen the playthroughs so that you, yeah. can, you can see. Um, but I, what I, I don't think that there's any, there's, there's, there's queerness represented, but it's not, okay. it's not, it's not the flamboyant. It's not threatening. No, it's not. Okay. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that, that the way that it's, it's, and it's not mandatory, mm-hmm. right? It's, and it's not always kind of ob- obvious, like hitting on, like, I'm going to jump you in the bathroom kind of right, right, panic, right, right. Um, representations, but more of, you know, kind of, um, insinuations. Um, okay. and, and the, the characters that hit on you are generally not, are not the ones that I've seen anyway, flamboyant in any way. I don't know. Cause were there gay males in, uh, in, um, follow, uh, not follow, fable three. Yeah, I know there's fable. Three. Yeah, you can be gay or, you can be gay or straight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But this I mean, not like as far as like the villagers walking around. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you can romance the villagers. Remember? Right, right. Well, this one is supposedly, does it give you as much a choice? In, uh, I mean, like, some of the, what people were complaining about is that people, you know, a, g- a gay guy would hit on you and you couldn't, you, there's nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? I mean, but uh, like I said, it's, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not like obvious hitting on you. Like, hey, baby, what's your name hitting on you? <laughs> what's your sign? Right. Yeah. It's not that, it's not that kind of hitting on you. Okay. Um, I mean. I can't see a game. I can't see a game developer that would actually do that. I mean, because that would that would be shooting yourself in the foot in many ways. And I think there would right. be a lot of people that would be offended by that. It's not. It's not that overt, and it's not that tacky. I think. Right. It's, I think it's fairly well done. Well, because like as you said, that there you have the the, the news article, you know, and, and something that we were going to talk about is that the gay game. I have seen gay gamers are calling for this man this writer to be fired, you know, I mean, that's pretty intense. I mean, it, you know I mean? It's like, it seems like you're either on. I think though, it's a really tiny segment that's doing that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think it's, I don't think as far as like, see, can you hear my dog whining? Yeah. Um, as far as like, uh, uh, gay gamers kind of revolting against the, the lead writer. I think it's, I think right. it's, people are just trying to sensationalize it. It's a really tiny. It's uh, just the media probably group. hyping it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's definitely going to add sales anyway. Yeah. Oh, smalls. Well, she can see. So the thing here, we can't give her tennis balls. They're her favorite toy because she eats like the fur and the fuzz on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And she like eats it. So we have to give her like rubber balls. She hates them. And she just saw on top of a dresser, she spotted one of her tennis balls, oh. and now she's crying. This is the saddest noise I have ever heard. I'm I know. just going to give it to her. Don't tell Mike. <laughs> okay, saying. we won't tell. All right, I'll give it back. I'm going to give it to her. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, see, that's a good segue. And when Alex <laughs> comes back, it's actually a very good one. That's a good segue, on uh, because speaking of animals, and I think this is really <laughs> interesting. Okay, I'm back. It's a squeaky tennis ball. We were talking. We were talking about the uh, a good segue because speaking of animals, Peter is right. pissed off because um, EA Games is considering Michael Vick um, for the for the cover athlete for Madden, um, which I think is really interesting because they're not. It's not saying Peter's pissed off because they chose him, um, because even though I did type that in our Google Doc, but it, because he was one of the candidates for it. Um, and so there's all this talk even, even now, um, that, um, you know, has Michael Vick served his time? Has he learned his lesson? Does, you know, does mm. he have the right to now be kind of fully integrated back into, uh, I guess, athletic society? Well, I mean, that, that debate was made yeah. even when Obama called him and, you know, congratulated him for making it to the playoffs and, you know, I read a lot of articles that talked about the extent to what he did. And uh, <laughs> I guess I'm still on the fence. You myself. know, I, you guys know how, how I'm a huge dog freak, right? <laughs> I love my dogs more than anything. Um, and I got kind of put in my place with this issue like a year ago. Because um, mm -hmm. I, there is nothing I thought someone could say to me that would make me forgive Michael Vick. Like, yeah. I, I, but, you know... Like so someone said to me, like you know, he 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 made a mistake. He's paid these prices. Since when do we not give people second chances? You know, mm -hmm. and he's been doing so much stuff since yeah. then. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, I'm, I mean, I, this is not the same level, but I'm a, you know, sex offenders. We don't. I mean, DUIs. I mean, there are there are plenty of other crimes where we're just sort of like you're a loser and it's going to stay. You know, we scarlet yeah. letter a lot of people. Well, you, yeah. Okay. But might be you know a good what? Example, you know? DUIs yeah. are not a good example and sex offenders are not a good example, I think, because, you know, we do still, you know, and I am a huge dog person too. Right. Um, I mean, I think it's an animal perception really. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, but at the same time, you have to recognize that there are differences, right? Between yeah. sex offenders and people who are accused of being cruel to animals. Right. Um, totally. And supposed to be, like hanged them and stuff. I mean, like tortured them. I mean, I, I think that's where it's weird. I mean, if he did like dog fights, it might be one thing. But I mean, I've heard like he'd like hanged them and well, that's part of dog fighting culture, them. though. Yeah, it, it's not yeah. like that's that's like not the norm for dog fighting culture. I mean, and that was, well, go ahead. Well, well, yeah. What I was gonna say is he's become kind of like the in a, in a terrible way the poster child for dog fighting. And if mm -hmm. dog fighting were really like, I don't, I don't want to like say that it's not a big deal because obviously it is anytime you're torturing animals I mean that's something yeah. but it's a culture that's out there and it's not mm -hmm. just Michael Vick that's doing it but you don't hear of anybody else like sex offenders I mean we've got the sex offender list you can look that up if I looked for a dog fighting list no one's going to give a damn about that but except that it's Michael Vick it's right. I think that's where I have a problem with it like like he he has I mean he's a very public figure and all at the same time at the same time too you know he's African American so what do you do with that whole like I mean I don't, I don't know I yeah, I, think I mean I've heard that debate too I mean I guess for me the NFL is pretty elite there's a lot of people that that it's very competitive right I mean it's oh, like totally. the upper echelon right anybody could occupy his space I mean like I just feel like I don't know I, maybe I'm giving too much to the animals but I mean a vulnerable innocent thing and he just did these 
crazy cruel things. You know, maybe I don't understand that culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, like saying they don't get to exist anymore. I don't know. I'm not saying they don't get to exist. I'm saying maybe they don't need to get to have that center stage. You know, I mean, like he could do, he could be an accountant and be very successful. I'm saying, does he need to be in the NFL? Does he need to be glamorized? Then then you're you're missing a whole lot there if you're just going to say then he can be an accountant or he can because these kids these kids have been elite athletes all their lives. They can't Mm -hmm. be accountants. Most of them are not going to be accountants. Most of them are not going to be doctors. They're not going to be lawyers. Hell, most of them are not going to hold any regular nine to five job because they've been trained to be exactly what they were since they were five, six years old and playing in the peewee league. And somebody realized that they had some kind of talent. They've been groomed for exactly what it is they do. And even when we take kids, I mean, if we think about his name just popped right out of my head. The kid from Ohio State. Remember, he got in trouble before he went in the NFL. Um, and I mean, he he went to a Big Ten school. He was. I'm really- from Ohio, and I can't think. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, starts with a. C. It's it's not an uncommon story because I was because I was in the Big Twelve, and like you hear, yeah, just. So I don't know Big Ten stuff. Big Twelve, I could probably name off a few people that maybe I'm being like too much of a humanitarian or something. But I don't, you know, like we haven't made mistakes. It's, yeah, you know, but we're not like what is, murdering innocent animals. You know, I mean, like everybody always says that's the line between like psychosis and you know, I mean, like hanging a dog is like totally different. You know, I just feel like yeah. But I don't know. I mean, then there's some cultures too, like indigenous cultures where cockfighting is totally acceptable. And I'm trying to think it was, uh, like, yeah, but it's so, I mean, and that's accepted in that culture too. So a lot of times are we saying it's accepted in, 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 in his, no, no, but I think it's more Yeah. Maurice Claret. No, in certain, in certain cultures, it is accepted. I mean, in certain cultures, um, dog fighting is accepted, especially if you're talking about inner city urban cultures where there's lots of drug activity going on. It is the norm, right? It's not, that's not, that's not, that's not something that is not normal, not normed and not a part of what goes on every day. I mean, this is Do coming we- from somebody who was born and raised in the city of Detroit. There are dog fights well, going on all over. Does the larger culture say then then okay, you know, or, or the do larger we, culture like, looks like the other way culture? because it is a part of it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm oh, not I- saying that it's accepted, but generally yeah. they look the other way. I mean, so this isn't something. This probably isn't something that he's ever been told by people in his inner circle that he shouldn't do. I mean, well, that's just being well, realistic. Right, no, and, and what my point is that there's like a thousand other people who could take his place. You no, know what I mean? Not, like it's very competitive. No, you know what there's, I'm saying? there's like, not a thousand, there are not a thousand other folks that who could, could be, be as talented as him in the NFL. In a, he, there he's are sort not of a one of a kind athletic who could guy. do what he can yeah. do. Yeah. Not run the way he yeah. runs, not throw the way he throws. There aren't, other, there aren't a thousand other athletes who could be playoff level NFL uh, quarterbacks period yeah that that's that's I mean they're kids who try all the time but and the chances mm-hmm. are slim but you have to be damn good you have to have the reflexes you have to have the strength you have to have the agility you have to have the ability to think quickly and operate in that way basically like I said you have to be groomed pretty much from birth to do that thing and so I mean and that's so what do we do. put him on so do we put him on a game cover or do we say maybe not him I mean, that's right. I mean, that's you know what I'm saying. You know, 
Like, I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, okay, Michael Vick, okay, he's very talented, okay, he, he was raised in a certain culture, okay, and we okay a lot of things, but do we glamorize if that's the right word? That, but I don't think it's glamorizing it because he's been punished. He served jail time. He's had everything he's everything he had taken away from him. He's had to he had to repay all of his signing bonuses and salary and everything else. He had to serve several years in the prime of his career as a second string quarterback. It is not that he's just been glamorized. It's not that he got a slap on the wrist and was allowed to go back to play in the NFL. No, no, no. no he was no, also no. suspended from the NFL. He served a lot of time in a lot of different ways, but from a lot of different organizations before he got to play again and play at the level that he currently plays i'm not yeah. i'm not you know and i'm not saying what because once again i'm playing devil's advocate i'll never tell you whether or not i think he should get he should well get yeah i mean cool and i'll be honest with you i don't i honestly don't think he should i mean I, I really think the man shouldn't even be playing in the nfl but i'm i'm prepared to listen to a counter argument you know what i mean like well, I, I just, I, I, yeah i was just trying yeah. to think because we if we think about it i mean not to like essentialize michael vick but he's if he's come from two different cultures, right? He's come from the inner city where, where dog fighting is, you know, acceptable and all stuff. And the other culture that he's known has been groomed in is the football NFL athlete culture. And what is that? I mean, just thinking on a human level, what does that do to, to him saying, okay, you really screwed up here and you're screwing up here and it's going to affect your whole life. And what does he, what does he turn to? I was just looking even, I mean, um, the, the article on the escapist that was on the right. Google Doc that's tagged, it's filed under scumbag. I mean, that's a tag for right. Michael Vick. I mean, and, and yeah, it, we don't, I mean, dogfighting, there are so many problems with it. But at the same time, it's like you you are now tagged with that. That that oh, goes yeah. down. You're I filed mean, under that. So it's like, I, I don't it's know. It's like I, the like A on your jacket and you can well, never escape it because. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like, and, and I'll be devil's, devil's advocate here, I guess. I kind of feel like, well, if, it's playing into the stereotypes. I mean, when we when we glamorize, I mean, I, okay, if if we if we put Michael Vick on a picture, I mean, so many people are going to be like, exactly, that's what that means to be inner city. You know, what I mean, like that reinforces the stereotypes, doesn't no, it? I mean, I, I, are I don't we, think it does. I don't think okay. it does well, think, because he's been punished. If he had never yeah. been punished, then I think it would glamorize it. I think okay. it would say yeah. that it's okay to do this and keep going if he had never okay. been punished. But he has okay. been punished. I mean, he's been punished he for years. this time, yeah. He did. I mean, well, and, and, yeah. and too, because then you have the whole other narrative of putting him on the cover of that. Then you can, I mean, you could glamorize it as a redemption story. Like, right. look look how low he was and he served his time. And look how he's redeemed himself as a as a human character, you know, all this stuff. And now if, if, if hopefully that's what, the, what people see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's a narrative that has to be. You know, I mean, at least we can think about that the situation's complex, and I, I think it's pretty judgmental to think that no matter what his culture was, no matter what the, the situation was, no matter how much time he's paid, that he always deserves to not participate in his life anymore, you know, like not participate in oh, the NFL and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I guess I, I, guess I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, and I mean, I just feel like it's so competitive that there's so many other people that could... But they're yeah, not. But, I mean, and that's yeah. the that's the point. It's it's competitive, yes. But there aren't there aren't you know there aren't a million other people that can do what he can do. There aren't a thousand other people. There really that can aren't. Do yeah. What he do. If well, you know, I mean that. No, I mean, if, if you, we really want to parse things, I mean, like that goes back to the whole athlete disparity pay. You know, like, we're paying this man millions of dollars, and there's so many people like doctors, firefighters. You know, what I mean, like we could that, that could go on forever. Is does this man deserve the millions that? 
could easily be paid to teachers and public public fish, official. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know that, what I mean? That's like, a different body of yeah. money, so I don't count that. I mean, I'm a huge sports yeah. fan, so I mean, yeah, and, yeah. and, and yeah. that's a different I don't can of words. Most <laughs> I don't begrudge most athletes what they make, um, yeah. what they make for simple fact that. There's no way in hell I'm going to stand on a football field and take the kind of hits that quarterbacks It destroys their body, and they can only do it for a few years. It destroys their bodies. It destroys their minds. It causes all kinds of neurological damage that in the end fucking Mm -hmm. kills them. No, there's no way in hell I'd take a hit like that. Not on a good day. I wouldn't. And their whole life is micromanaged the whole time. I mean, from the time they're in college. I mean, I I know I I was friends with a few football players at OU, and at the time, you know, we had just won the national championship. So they were... They were huge there, and they were literally micromanaged, followed around. People were hired specifically to walk them to class, to sit yeah. with them in class, yeah. and watch them leave, just I'm to make sure know. they went to class. I mean, so like the yeah, so I mean, there's there's that kind of flip side too that these I've people that. have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen that culture too. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 complicated, needless to say. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, are. I w- I will I will concede it's complicated, and that, that's definitely true, and. And whether we, whether, you know, I, PETA, I mean, everybody has issues about PETA too, but I mean, like whether he is on the cover or not, you know what I mean? Like he can still be in the NFL without being on the cover. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I love the debate though. I think it's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> so. Should we move on to the next news story? Yeah. Or should we be, since we're, we've been like an hour and a half into it. <laughs> yeah. We're really running here. Uh, we could maybe do the rest of the news stories next week. I think okay. so. Um, yeah. There's, so let's quickly do, uh, I guess, our, our buys of the week. Our, deals we for broke ass gamers. Uh, deals for broke ass gamers. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> so you want to run down a couple, Alex? Tell us I'm on it. Steam has lame stuff happening. Ten percent off Portal Two. Whatever. <laughs> They'll get new stuff up soon, so it doesn't matter. And yeah. uh, like, are you still getting Portal, the original Portal, free if you buy it? Oh, you know what? I don't know. I didn't look that far into it. I was just angry. Because <laughs> <first> they were <laughs> earlier. I think last week they were giving you Portal if you if you maybe uh, got Portal too. That would make a lot more sense. But ten percent off—that's still nothing. What's that like? Yeah, it's stupid. That was like bucks? their big deal that I yeah, could buy. Yeah, yeah, a ten percent is always kind of. And then uh, Good Old Games has all of their in light games sixty percent off. So like Warlords, Battlecry, Seven Kingdoms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um. Do you want me to say the rest of them, even though you put them up, Sam? Yeah, sure. Run them down. Uh, Toys R Us has buy one, get one free. Uh, get one, go buy one, get one free. That'd be awesome. I want to get one hands off. Half off. Uh, 3DS games. Is that what I said? Half you off? You hands off. <laughs> oh, my God. Hands off. <laughs> Take your hands off. That <laughs> game. Hands you can off. get this one. Yeah. In 30. This is the problem. <laughs> crazy. Uh, Amazon Gear Fest, 30% off Xbox 360 accessories. Boom. Good stuff. Good, good deals for broke ass gamers. Well, a couple of them anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially if you've already bought it. If you bought a 3ds, you might be a little on the broke side, so uh, <laughs> you might want to get. You might want to pick up. But they're not too. I don't think they're two games that I would really want to buy. I mean, even if one was half off. Yeah. I don't know. If I had if I had bought them at uh, Toys R Us, I probably would have gotten a Lego game. Because, you know, I'm starting to think about, ooh, yeah, Lego, uh, Lego Star Wars in 3D. That might be pretty. You're sweet. never gonna learn your lesson. Oh man, I'm never gonna learn my lesson. I'm never. <laughs> like, Wars, yeah. Luckily, I have my. I luckily I have my own kind of um, allotted allowance monthly that's separate from uh, the household <laughs> account that keeps me from going totally and completely batshit crazy. <sighs> and I can I, I can write it all off as research costs. 
Oh. That's what I'm saying. Can't you on your tag? Well, because I write because I write about it and present. As long as I write about it and present about it, that's what keeps me. That's what keeps me publishing and presenting is the fact that I can write this stuff off. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm you should audit be audited now. <laughs> <laughs> if I get audited, I'm going to be mad at all, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. I was out. technically looking, because I was trying to think of uh, different deals. Sims Medieval, because I want other people to play so I can talk about it. But if you order it now from Amazon, you get $15 Amazon credit. And it's on sale for hey, 46 good. instead of 15 or 50 So technically, it's on sale for about $30. That's some interesting math. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's easy math, but it's good. But yeah, so you think about it, $15 off the 46 in I was, a I've way. Been, I've been tempted to buy it ever since you started talking about it. I might have to... So there's daily responsibilities literally that you have to complete within a certain time amount. Like you have to go hunt in the forest within 15 hours. Otherwise your sim looks really sad and you get some uh, negative like real time or sims time. Uh, sims time, okay. 15 hours. Oh, also if you got really annoyed with sims, like having to go to the bathroom and like all that kind of stuff, they got rid of that. Like you, if you do actually use the chamber pot, now I'm talking about it. See, it's midnight. This is what happens. Um, but if you do, you get like, bonus focus which helps you complete the quest instead of having to do like little nit nitpicky stuff so well, yeah no kidding it was medieval time so if you peed on yourself nobody cared <laughs> just stand there and they're they're fine um <laughs> this, <laughs> kind of, this makes me question learning history of video games but sure okay <laughs> all right well, yeah okay yeah. signing off well, yeah. alex is done <laughs> Emily, thank you so much for joining us. We yeah, hope you will great. come back. Thanks for having great. me. Great. Um, I think tonight's been a lot of fun, folks. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, thanks again uh, to our folks that are listening. Um, please, you know, like I said, but like I always say, check our blog regularly. Um, if you are interested in sending us questions, um, either through kind of alphanumeric text or if you want to send us um, an audio recording. We'll figure out a way to play it on the, play it on the show and answer you. Um, please send them to nymgamer at gmail.com. That's not your mama's gamer. Um, and if you don't know our blog address from some strange reason because you've come to us through iTunes, you can come to our blog at nymgamer, not your mama's gamer, um, dot com. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't totally know awesome. what it was. Um, awesome. So uh, I think that's all there is. There ain't no more for uh, for tonight. Um, oh. And I hear uh, the church bells ringing outside my window. It's it's gone. midnight. <laughs> it's midnight. Church bells are ringing, guys. That's symbolic. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I was yeah. actually surprised you didn't hear it. They're very loud. So <laughs> and we will uh, hear. We will see you all. Hear you all, or at least talk to you all uh, in two more weeks. Have a great oh. night. Bye. Bye. Yay, bye. <laughs>